Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. It's Friday, TGIF, our phone number, 833-482-5337, Valdez. And rough day to be Joel Baboso Biden. Of course, I always give you the definition of, of Baboso, is a, kind of a bumbling, drooling type of person. And... Good old President Biden, very rough, very rough. Yesterday, it was affirmative action being reversed, and he was just up in arms about that. Today, it was his student loan scheme uh, being uh, uh, essentially uh, d- called unconstitutional. And the, um, the, the big deal here is that I think everybody knew this was going to happen. It made no sense in the world, even though he says things like, you know, it's all the Republicans that were taking the Paycheck Protection Program. And he's right. They were. The, the issue was it was the government that was forcing people to lay people off and then go and take these loans to try and make their payroll so that people would have money, even though they weren't working in the name of the pandemic. That has nothing to do with somebody saying, I'm going to college and I'm going to take a student loan and I'm just not going to pay it back. You can pay it back. One has nothing to do with the other. So we'll talk about that a little bit more um, later and throughout the show. Uh, but I wanted to focus on what happens on the way to college, right? What happens in your primary education or your secondary education, high school? And there was a fascinating speech from a student an alumnus, actually, from the Elk Grove Unified School District. This is a young man that uh, says he supports the LGBTQ movement and is not a conservative Republican, uh, wasn't a, a supporter of President Trump, but felt that the district's position on certain issues wasn't appropriate. Now, he graduated And he admits to them that he had to take a position that was contrary on certain issues than he actually believed in order to maintain a 4.0 average. Literally lying about social topics just so that he wouldn't be ostracized or fail. This kid is so eloquent, he should run for president one day. Listen to this. 
and so on. I am not an alt-right Christian nationalist. I'm just a Hindu Indian American concerned about my community. And I've been a part of the Elk Grove Unified School District for the past 13 years since kindergarten, having recently graduated from Franklin High School earlier in the May. For the past few days, I've been heavily conflicted on whether or not I should give public comments today. I know for a fact that after my comment today, I'm going to lose a lot of friends, and I, but I find the culture war pressing enough that I now have no choice to speak up, because if I don't, I don't know who else will. And I also want to emphasize that I don't speak for everyone. I only speak for a sizable number of students that are scared of speaking up. Stop politicizing our classrooms. I cannot emphasize the number of educators and often entire school administrations that insert their politics into the classroom and punish those that think otherwise. I've been in classrooms where I've been forced to write in a liberal bias and advocate for progressive talking points I disagree with in order to earn a 4.0. You're li quite literally incentivized to conform to your educator's political views in order to do well in class rather than to speak freely about your views. Over the past four years, I've seen teachers going on tangents about how racist police are. I watch teachers regularly bash Republican politicians. I've been forced to watch late night comedians bash Trump in AP human geography. And I've had to listen to my teachers discuss how terrible of a president Trump was. And it's for these reasons that I personally never felt comfortable expressing myself or my views until now that I've graduated, because you're either with them or you're against them. It's unacceptable. It doesn't matter if it's teachers in Florida going off on left-wing politicians or a vice versa. We should not be having these political discussions in classrooms. I go to school to learn. I want to learn about math, science, English, history, subjects that excite me. Instead, the school district is hyper fixated on social justice warrior priorities. I have no problem with treating others the way I want to be treated. We should treat everyone res with respect, regardless of if they're gay, straight, lesbian, black, white, or brown. I interned for a Democrat state Senate campaign for seven months. I voluntarily attended pride marches and I have zero problems with the pride movement whatsoever. All adults and students given consent from their parents should be able to freely express their views and attend pride events in their free time should they choose to do so. That is the essence of the First Amendment. The problem I do have is when the school district attempts to cram its woke ideology on students that are just there to learn. No matter the positive intention you have in purporting your social justice ideas in school, the more you hyperfixate on race, gender, and sexuality in classrooms, the more adverse reaction you're going to get from parents and community members. I've lived this experience for decades, over and over a decade, and I know EGUSD prides itself in diversity, so I just ask that you consider this as a diversity of thought and consider the other side just a little bit as well. I'm just, I just ask you to do a little bit better. Thank you. Now, let's talk about the eloquence of this young man, right? First, the courage, uh, the intellectual ability to convey everything he was saying very clearly, very succinctly. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. And, and I hope that um, other folks in media will take this clip and play it from this student, a graduate of the Elk Grove uh, Unified School District, because I think it's so important. People need to be free. This is America. We can't live in a society where we continually police the thoughts and feelings of those around us. You have to be free to, to hurt. You have to be free to think. That, that's how it works. In order to have a free discussion, you have to risk getting hurt by someone. How are you? I, I think you're ugly. Oh my gosh, you called me ugly, right? That type of thing. There has to be this willingness to engage. If there's no willingness, there's no conversation. And that's what we're seeing. Coerced speech, controlled speech, not free speech. And it's happening in public education. It should not happen. It, in effect, is indoctrination. And, and again, 
I know I sound like a broken record with this stuff, but it's critically important because this was not the case when I was a kid. I remember going to school and, and nobody pushed any social agenda on me. None. Now, I know some people make the case and they say, no, no, no. What we did was we were pushing uh, that everybody should be a straight white male, a married straight white male or a Christian married straight white male. And that's why you, 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 you uh, don't see any issues with that. No, that's not the case. That's just looking around at society. Now, if you're going to make the case and say the reason we have um, just, you know, most people are straight in society is because we're not teaching them to be gay. This is a very big topic that I think most parents aren't going to want to have a conversation about. I don't think anybody's sending their kid to school with the hopes that you're going to determine their gender identity. This is where public education is going wrong, both grammar school, college, and beyond. Speaking of college, a professor recently was fired for teaching that there's only two sexes and you need an X and Y or an XX chromosome to determine those two sexes. He got fired. This is a biology teacher. Yeah, we're going to get to that and a bunch of more of the uh, shenanigans that are going on in college campuses across America straight ahead. If you want to join the convo, feel free. 833-482-5337. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. I want to listen to you, Rich, all the time. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Let me begin by saying I know there are millions of Americans, millions of Americans in this country who feel disappointed and uh, discouraged or even a little bit angry about the court's decision today on student debt. And I must admit I do, too. All right, that's President Joe Biden. I like to call him Joe El Baboso Biden. And welcome back. The Supreme Court voted 6-3 to strike down President Biden's controversial plan to partially forgive student loans. The um, six justices that voted voted to invalidate the program, while uh, three justices, usually um, considered to be more liberal justices, voted to uphold it. Now, Biden uh, had put this plan out in late uh, last year, I guess August of last year, trying to um, gain some votes and to launch his reelection campaign. And then he said, no, we're not going to do it for everybody. We're just going to do it for communities of color. But then this affirmative action thing came and that messed them all up. So he's going to continue to try and skirt the system and go around things. Uh, but as we're getting into this conversation on higher education, I couldn't help but just bring it up. And it, it seems that whether they're going to pay the bill or not pay the bill, students are ending up in higher education and they're learning things, all sorts of things that aren't always accurate. And when they are accurate, the professors that are teaching it are chastised. I'm looking at a story in the New York Post. A biology professor says he was fired for teaching that sex is determined by X and Y chromosomes. Punto final, right? Period, the end. But this guy got fired for that because the woke left within um, academia said, mm -mm -mm, we're not allowing that. So I wanted to bring in Jennifer Cabany. She's the editor at The College Fix, thecollegefix.com. Jen, welcome. 
Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you on. I, I always appreciate your commentary and your analysis. And I want to get your reaction to the, the big story of the day that um, Biden's plan has failed. The Supreme Court said, no, you can't go paying off everybody's debt. What's your uh, initial reaction to that? Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, the, thank God for, for some wins. I mean, you know, we, we people who like to support logic and reason and hard work and integrity and honesty, we don't get a lot of wins nowadays. So I'm going to be really, really happy for the ones we do. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And uh, I, I think it's um, it's for me, I, I, the grander scheme for me is I, I've seen such a shift in higher education and I worked in higher ed for a number of years. And I, I can tell you that it, I, the shift I saw was was even like amongst conservatives going to the left. And and I couldn't really put my finger on why, because it wasn't even what they believed. But it's really the trend in the industry. The industry of itself has such a left leaning bent. I shouldn't even say a bent. It's a clear trajectory to the left. And and it seemed like they needed a funding source. So they were going to do this. Just go ahead, go to any school you want, and we'll do it in every school, and then somebody else will pay. And it seemed like it was going to happen. I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised because I had a feeling I didn't ha- have a good gut sense that this was going to happen. But um, I think we all knew that it was wrong. So I'll echo what you're saying. Hallelujah! Great, great, um, great outcome today. Now, do you think that's going to thwart a lot of the, I guess, the plotting? that that comes from those on the left within higher ed? No, I mean, they, the thing you have to understand about uh, the, those on the left and in higher ed or what, wherever they're at is mm-hmm. they, they never stop. I mean, they, they get an inch and then they want a yard and then they want a foot and then they want a mile. I mean, they take and they take and they fight. I mean, that's one thing you have to give them credit for. I mean, they just never give up until everybody agrees with them, bows down to them, does everything they say and lives, lives their lives how the left wants, whether it's, you know, not having a gas stove or, you know, driving an electric car or whatever. I mean, they're not going to stop until it's everything's their way. Yeah. Lamentably, that's exactly how it is. Now I want to switch gears to, to this because again, this is another example of the left not getting their way and throwing a tantrum with this professor, uh, professor Johnson Varkey. He's taught, um, in St. Philip's College or at St. Philip's College in San Antonio for 20 years. And they accused him of religious preaching because he was teaching that you need the X chromosome and the Y chromosome to determine sex. And I I found this fascinating that this was even a conversation that was occurring, but apparently it's not only a conversation. This guy's out of a job. Jen Cavaney, what say you? Well, unfortunately, I'm not surprised because... Anytime students get their panties in a bunch over something a professor says, they can go run to the bias response team and complain. And usually the professor has to go through a re-education training or apologize or what have you, take it back. Um, in this case, it sounds like he, since he was an adjunct, he might have been on some sort of contract. And so they, they didn't have to, you know, usually if you're a tenured professor, they have to right. take a few more steps. But if he's an adjunct, they can kind of get away with it a little easier. Now, granted, this guy's a pastor. And, you know, I don't know. Nope, we weren't in the classroom. Um, the, they accused him allegedly of, you know, making other types of 
religious comments um, about LGBTQ individuals. So, you know, it might have been more than just the XY, although I'm very sure he did tell them that that is what determines sex. And, um, you know, but the kids are being told that, no, you know, your gender is a rainbow and it's a spectrum and it's whatever you want to be on any given day. Mm. Um, so en- enough complaints where, you know, the administration decided, you know, we're going to cut this guy loose, but good for him. He's fighting back. And I'm, I'm glad that there are, are groups like apparently this um, legal group in Texas that's willing yeah, to you know, defend him and, yeah, and take a stand. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's interesting. I remember um, maybe not last time, but another time that you were on this program, we were talking about these bias response teams. And, you know, it always brings me back to my own college experience where uh, before I said forget about it, I was at NYU and I was the odd man out always. You know, who's this Puerto Rican kid from Brooklyn that says that marriage is a good thing? And, you know, (laughs) he he believes in some God and and he thinks that, you know, Reagan was a good president. And and it was just it was such a difficult place for me to be. And I I just I didn't know about the organizations out there uh, that that would help a student like me. And quite frankly, I don't remember if if there were many of them at that time, um, 2001 or so. But. I look at that and I think, you know, there was no bias response team for anybody back then. They were just pretty all kind of left leaning um, in in what they did. And I remember complaining to the Board of Governors at NYU and they uh, they basically told me, well, you know, we uh, we understand what you're saying and, and we agree that that could be problematic for you. But our academic freedom policy when it comes to our professors is really hands off. They get to do whatever they want. Um, because we stand by our academic freedom policy. And, and I just think, you know, it's, it's amazing how this professor didn't get that type of defense when they complained about him. You know, where was the academic freedom policy? Where was, you know, we stand by our, our guy that didn't happen clearly because it wasn't in their best interest. Right. Now these bias response teams are a, a more new endeavor of the colleges and universities as they've tried to coddle young people and helicopter parent them and convince them, unfortunately, that they deserve safe safe spaces and their thoughts and ideas and feelings shouldn't be challenged and words are violence. Uh, All of this has exploded really over the last decade, and it's gotten us to the point where we are in America today, where a professor can't even say sex is determined by, you know, X and Y chromosomes without getting, you know, canned. Yeah. Folks, we're on with Jen Cavaney. She's the uh, editor-in-chief at The College Fix. You got to check out the website, thecollegefix.com. Straight ahead, we're going to continue our conversation uh, because a group of legislators in Pennsylvania have banded together to say, you know what, we are going to make sure that we're going to stop funding on anything if they're indoctrinating our kids or injecting them with puberty blockers. And there's a, a fascinating story coming out of uh, out of uh, Pennsylvania where funding was stalled for Penn State. So we're going to continue that. Plus your calls, 833-482-5337, 833-4VALDEZ. Our guest, Jennifer Cavaney, editor-in-chief of The College Fix. I am Rich Valdez. We're coming right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. America, welcome back, Rich Valdez, and um, I want to um, welcome you back. I'm stalling right now because I'm looking at my computer screen, and here we go. Uh, I want to reintroduce our guest, Jennifer Cavani, editor in chief at the College Fix, and of course we have a couple of people that uh, want to chime in on the national conversation here. Uh, let us go to Don in Jamestown, New York, WJTN. Don, you're on with Jennifer Cabany and me, Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Rich, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Don, our Jamestown library here in Jamestown is taking all these books off the shelf that they don't want people to learn anything. And I've been going to the library for 30 years, and they will not let me take anything more out. They said I smoke cigarettes, so <laughs> I can't have the books out anymore. Oh, wow. So because you smoke cigarettes, what, you gave them back smelling like cigarettes? Uh, yeah, but for 30 years, uh, they didn't say anything. Yeah, it's probably the books you're taking out. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. Jennifer Cabany, does it shock you at all that libraries or college campuses or public school classrooms are doing everything and anything they can to, um, to silence their opposition? No, because it's about control. Um, it's about controlling the narrative. It's about controlling information that people have access to and only allowing a certain uh, narrative and certain information to be presented. That's what professors do in their classrooms. Instead of teaching both sides and letting the students decide what they think, oftentimes the readings, the textbooks, the assignments are very slanted and biased toward the direction the professor wants to lead them to. Yeah, for sure. And And again, this is why a group of legislators that were uh, based out of that are based out of Pennsylvania. They said, no, we're not sending Penn state any more funding because they're doing things we don't like in this scenario, injecting kids with puberty blockers. I mean, this headline on its face is crazy. Uh, As a parent, I look at this and I think, man, Penn state funding stalled because it injects kids with puberty blockers. Jen Cabany, walk us through it. Yeah. So props to this, uh, Pennsylvania Freedom Caucus, because mm-hmm. they decided to take a stand. And they said, you know what? We're not going to send you know millions of dollars to Penn State. 
while it's, um, you know, medical school is prescribing puberty blockers to children under the age of 10. They just felt that the policy uh, was unethical and they, they drew a line in the sand and they said, we're, we're not crossing it. And to their credit, they were able to stall this funding bill and probably going to get it reworked. Uh, hopefully, because I'm sure Penn State wants its money, so um, they might have to, you know, concede this victory to these Republicans. Yeah, and again, just to reiterate that, because I think it's great, uh, there's a group of guys, uh, women, uh, called the Freedom Caucus, and they're state legislators out of Pennsylvania, and they have blocked Bill House Bill 1456 uh, because the Freedom Caucus uh, says, well, I have a quote, I'll read it to you, it's right in the article, The Pennsylvania Freedom Caucus made it clear at the beginning of the budget process that we would lead opposition, uh, the opposition to taxpayer funding of Penn State if any policy that endangers the health or welfare of our children remained in place. That was David Rowe, Republican state representative, in a statement to the media. It continues to sit by and allow public funds to be used in experimental activities causing irreversible harm to children, some under the age of 10, makes lawmakers complicit in this abuse couched as health care. And uh, that was uh, Freedom Caucus Chair Dawn Kiefer, a state representative, uh, also in a statement to the media. And <clears throat> Jen Cavaney, I think that this is, uh, this is great. I think more state legislators need to use the power that they have to go ahead and control the purse and say, look, enough is enough. We're not going to do that. I don't know if it's going to happen. What do you think? You know, we're seeing that in, in Texas and in Florida, uh, they passed legislation um, this session that defunded DEI offices, just defunded them. Uh, so uh, that really pulled the rug out. Now, of course, in Texas, people are concerned because they have a caveat that says the folks that may you know lose their positions in the D office can be transferred to other offices, other positions. So they're like, well, is this kind of smoke and mirrors, but yeah. you know what? It's, it's a step in the right direction where they're saying, you know, this has gotten out of control because these DEI offices are essentially promoting reverse racism, right? Uh, white people are bad and, um, you know, white guilt and white privilege. And that, um, the only way to address past racism is to, you know, discriminate against whites. Um, so they, they said enough and is enough. So that was in, in Florida and in Texas and actually North Carolina, also, or excuse me, North Dakota also passed legislation um, that banned diversity statements and hiring and admissions. I mean, there, progress is being made in these, in these red states, these flyover states by state lawmakers, just like in Pennsylvania, who are saying, you know what? We got to take care. We may not be able to fish the whole country, but we can take care of our own backyard and we're going to get aggressive and we're going to take a stand and we're going to say enough, enough. And, and I think why it's working is because just the people in the suburbs are, are, are like, we got to, we got to elect local leaders who are going to help save our, our neighborhoods, our communities, our schools, our colleges. Um, so I think, I think that the, the pendulum swung so far to the left especially with this, the, the transgender issues that people are mm. seeing where, you know, science and reality and logic are just being denied on a ludicrous scale that, that people are electing um, lawmakers who are going to do what they can to stop this madness. Folks, we're on with Jennifer Cavaney. She is the uh, editor-in-chief at thecollegefix.com. Uh, make sure you check out the website. We're coming back with her. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. And I also want to get your take on 
the impact of yesterday's ruling on affirmative action and uh, reversing that. I think it's a good thing for America, uh, but a lot of people are still up in arms. So uh, we'll get your reaction to that on the other side. Again, our phone number, 833-482-5337. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Welcome back. Going to get to your calls momentarily. Let me bring back Jennifer Cabany. Now, Jennifer, um, editor at the co- editor in chief at the College Fix. I want to get your thoughts on yesterday's ruling on affirmative action because to me this was a no-brainer. And similar to other big big decisions from back in the day, I think they were mistakes back then, and they were corrected now. However, those that disagree with me think the exact same opposite of me. They're like, no, no, no. This was the mistake, including Joe Biden, right? And you guys, you know, got it wrong. So um, what's the reaction like uh, in the higher ed world uh, for, you know, black conservatives, Asian Americans, constitutional scholars? What are you hearing? Well, those three groups are absolutely thrilled. Um, My inbox was hit with a flurry of news releases, of course, after the decision was handed down, where they're just really so happy. This is a culmination of decades of of work. I mean, really, because, I mean, these these types of cases have been tried ever since Grutter, you know, basically made it legal to discriminate in order to create a diverse campus community, Um, but at the expense of discriminating against whites and Asians. So now the idea is, and I didn't come up with this phrase, but the best way to stop discrimination is to stop discriminating. And that's exactly what the court has said. And, uh, you know, especially, you know, with a lot of black conservatives who are like, thank God that now we can just be judged on our intelligence, on our merit, you know, um, for so many years, blacks have been told that their achievements are not their own and that their skin, skin color played a role in their successes. So it's been insulting and demeaning to suggest that blacks can't have done this without affirmative actions handout is what of a course. lot of the black scholars are saying. And they're saying now we get a chance to just live on our live on our own and be judged on our own merits instead of I mean, there's this this um, backlash. But what is the backlash really saying? What it's really saying is like, no, they need our help. They're not going to get anywhere without us. That is so racist. That is so elitist. That's so disgusting, you know, to have that view of people of color. Um, And, and of course, there's been so many Asian Americans who have worked their butts off. I mean, given up everything to, you know, invest in their futures that have been discriminated against as well. And they're celebrating. And then constitutional scholars are just saying, hey, this is just the law, plain and simple, black and white. You know, this you cannot discriminate on the basis of race. 
period. Um, so this is just a plain reading of the laws as far as constitutional scholars are concerned. Well, you know, Jennifer Cavani, I, um, I have expertise in this in so much as uh, I am a person of color, um, <laughs> according to the left's uh, uh, definition. And, and I can tell you that that's all I've always felt like that. I've always thought, you know, uh, just imagine if if somebody were to, like, hire me just because uh, because I spoke Spanish or because of, you know, my parents are from Puerto Rico. And and I would think, you know, I would feel very slighted in everything I did if that were the case, because it would be true. I would be the token or the diversity hire or the whatever. If I got to college because of that, it would be um, it would be a very unfortunate scenario. And and I think, you know, thank God that nobody can ever pull that on you from today forward, from yesterday forward. Nobody will ever be able to tell anybody, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever minority group you're from, they, can, they can't ever say, you know what, you didn't earn this. It was because we needed another Asian or we needed another Hispanic or another African-American. And, and I well, think for that alone, it's, it's, it's worth its weight in, in gold. Um, I know, Rich, but, and I don't mean to be the Debbie Downer, but I do have a little bit of bad news. Yeah, no, well, exactly. But yes, that, that is the short answer is yes, that is correct. Um, because even Harvard said, well, we're just going to, we're just going to base entries on, on people's essays. Right. Um, other people have talked about, you know, basing it on zip codes. They've already done away with the SAT and the ACT for entrance, you know? So, um, yeah, they're just going to start. They're going to use holistic admissions, is what it's called, and they're going to rely on the essays to tell them the race of the student in order to continue to meet probably unofficial, unwritten quotas. But everybody is going to be on the same page. Yeah, I don't doubt that. And listen, and I, I'm okay. I, I'm not here to police the the institutions of higher education. I just don't want the government establishing law that requires reverse racism to be a thing. And if they, if they want to do what they want to do, then that's on them. And if, 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 it, if it's fair and it's within the bounds of the law, if they're going to continue to discriminate, then, you know, looks like they're going to have some lawsuits on their hands. I don't know how it's going to end up. I would presume that I think we're going to see probably no change, but another lawsuit would probably prompt some future change. What, what do you think? Well, I can tell you, I read about 10 different um, announcements from various universities across the nation on this. Most are saying we're reviewing, we're, re we're, in, we're reviewing, we, we still want an inclusive campus. We still value and prioritize diversity and inclusion and equity, but we are reviewing our policies in light of this ruling. So there, it's a time of flux where they're kind of seeing what, they, what they're going to do next. Yeah, a lot of that sounds like a generic PR boilerplate response. Yep, we're going to review it. We're going to take it into consideration, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think ultimately a lot of these colleges weren't all ideological. I think some of them were just riding the wave of like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to be inclusive. Okay, let's be inclusive. And I think some of them were saying, all right, now we're not supposed to be inclusive, then we won't. But it's not about being one versus the other. I think it's about being fair and giving everybody a fair chance and an equal, a legitimate equal opportunity, right? Uh, not Absolutely. guaranteeing an equal outcome. Now, Jennifer Cavani, let everybody know where, how they could um, find the work that you guys are doing at the College Fix and, um, and how to follow you. Yes, please come find us because there's never, ever a dull moment. I can promise you that much. <laughs> Campus news is as zany as ever. Um, we are at thecollegefix.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
So we'd love to we'd love to have your listeners come read our stuff. And of course, we are also teaching undergrads how to be reporters. That's what we do. Um, we have hun- over a hundred uh, reporters, student reporters across the nation, and I'm their, I'm their editor. I have a couple of editor, couple of editors working with me. We assign them articles and edit their work and help launch their journalism careers. So it's a it's a great win win because we're telling these important stories and we're we're creating the next generation of liberty minded journalists. Well, I want to thank you for being with us tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. You bet, folks. Jennifer Cabany, Editor-in-Chief at thecollegefix.com. Check them out. Now we go to the phones for you guys to weigh in and share your thoughts, opinions, and everything else on what's going on tonight. Let's see. Where do we go? We go to Boca Raton, Florida, WSPL, WPSL, excuse me. Go right ahead, Jeff. Welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. About the college loans, Okay. I don't care if you think that they should be uh, dismissed or or you think that the kids have to pay. My problem is the cost of college is absurd. Mm-hmm. Take a course. How do, how do you plan on fixing for, it? I want to sign up for a course. I want to come back three months later and take the final. And if I pass that thing, I want to get credit. I don't want to waste time going to their lectures and their. It's you. It's it's a it's a waste of. I don't. It's robbery. Right. But if you go to the lecture or don't go to the lecture, it's not necessarily going to cost you any less. Why is it so expensive? That's a great question. That's the one I'm asking you of. How how do you plan on on reducing the cost? Deadweight pensions or something? I don't know what it is. I think that has a part of it. I think also when you have uh, somebody's tenured professors, um, I'll tell you this. A couple of years back, a guy ran for governor of New Jersey. And he was a tenured history professor at Rutgers University. And I thought, all right, whatever, he's a university professor, he must do well. On his financial disclosure, again, this is back probably 10 or 12 years ago, he was earning 400K as the uh, history teacher in New Jersey. And I thought, man, a history professor is making as much as the president of the United States, not a bad gig. So I think when when it comes to uh, college uh, professors, I think they're making a pretty penny, and obviously that's got to get paid somehow. Thank you, Jeff, for the call. I appreciate it. I'm going to get to the rest of your calls straight ahead. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. With Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back to the phones. We go eight three three four Valdez. Let's go to Greg in Abseekin, New Jersey. W O N D. Greg, go right ahead. Good evening. Good evening, Valdez. Yes, sir. The um, colleges sit on endowments that would knock your socks off. I mean, we're talking major dollars. Oh, yeah. They should really be thinking about paying back a percentage to the students, not the taxpayer. The politicians follow the paths of weak resistance, and that is always the taxpayer. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing they know. Especially in New Jersey. Yep, that's the truth. You're 100% right on that. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I forget what the number is now, but I was blown away 
when I saw what Harvard's endowment was. Now, of course, not everybody's sitting on the money that Harvard is, but um, I was still blown away. Nonetheless, it was in the billions. And I was like, wow, that's, that's just amazing. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, other schools that are doing equally as well do give back more. I know they're supposed to give back in the form of scholarship and whatnot, but we don't seem to see that happening with the rising cost of college tuition. And the reality is, just like any business, there's the uh, point of diminishing returns, and I think they're, they're dangerously close to it. Mark in Wilmar, Minnesota, KWLM. Very quickly, we have less than a minute. Go. Right on, Rich. Um, yes, sir. I want to tell you about indoctrination. I want to tell you about the conditioning of the population, indoctrination, and it's, it's a scary tactic that is used. You got like 10 seconds. Get to the bottom line itself. quick. And Satan does this. He mingles, lies with the truth. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says Satan is the father of all lies. So I totally get what you're talking about, and you're right. Uh, the more lies you feed people and say them often enough, people will believe it. That's a Stalinist tactic. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. We're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. More to come. Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and I'm happy to be with you. It's Friday night, hour number two of the program. I'm still um, recovering from uh, bronchitis last week. It was actually last Friday that I had it. Lasted a few days throughout the weekend, and uh, the voice comes in and out, so thank you for bearing with me. And um, I feel terrific. I just sound like er, ah, frog in the throat. But the phone number, if you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, feel free to do so, 866-505-4626. That's our legacy line, and 833-4-VALDEZ. They go to the same place, so it's all good. Use whichever one you like. Now, a couple of things. Uh, Of course, we talked about the Supreme Court ruling on affirmative action yesterday, the Supreme Court ruling uh, today saying that, no, we will not pay for everybody's student loans. And there's plenty, plenty to talk about, plenty going on. This is a funny one. There's a review that found a lack of leadership at the State Department caused the Afghanistan debacle. No, I could give you my own review. I found that a lack of leadership at the White House caused the Afghanistan debacle. We'll get into that at the top of the next hour. And Apple uh, is the first company to be valued at $3 trillion. That's a lot of zeros. I think, yeah. More than, more than I know, right? I think it's 15 zeros for... Anyway, I'll figure it out. Anyway, we're going to continue our conversation. 12 zeros, there you go. Apple, $3 trillion. Now, there's other things I want to talk about, but I want to get into a story that I find fascinating. I find it fascinating because uh, we've been talking about it for a couple of days and uh, going in and out of this story. 
And it's a story regarding how your brain can be damaged in a way by obesity and how some medicine might help fix this part of the brain that is broken, like the pleasure center of the brain. And uh, I think it's a fascinating thing. And there's a, a lot to talk about it on, on the topic. So I want to bring in somebody who understands this. He's from BrainTap. His name is Paul Magistri, and he's our guest. Welcome, Paul. Hey, thank you so much for having me tonight. How are you today? I'm doing great. And I'm, I'm really curious to know what's going on here because I've been on this weight loss journey myself for forever. Since like 2017, my doctor told me, you got to lose weight or you're going to die. And I said, oh, boy, I'm not, I don't want to die. So I started losing weight, and I think I lost about 50 pounds and 60 pounds. Probably, yeah, I'm probably down about 70 pounds now, uh, like to, to date. But still, I've probably got another 20 pounds to go uh, uh, to get to my goal weight. And I know so many Americans that are listening to this are in the same boat as me. And they've tried the, the diets and the keto diet and this diet and that diet. Uh, but now there's a new study shows that it might be changes in one's brain that can cause uh, damage and might need some fixing. Tell us all about it. Well, I tell you, thank you so much for having me on the on the call tonight. And, you know, the, the this is all the buzz out there right now because there's a lot of uh, information out there, new drugs being uh, brought to the market to help people uh, try to lose weight. And we know today that uh, there are some very specific um, uh, aspects to weight loss that are directly correlated to the brain. Uh, one is stress. We know that when stress is high, that, um, you know, when your stress index is above, say, 100, we know that uh, the liver can produce as much uh, sugar, about 25 grams of sugar, much like a candy bar, uh, into the bloodstream. And so uh, every time there's a stressful response. And so uh, th that is literally as much sugar as a candy bar. And the challenge with that is, is that uh, when that happens, uh, you're, you're unable to be predominantly you know, a uh, uh, burning fat when that happens. And so when you're, when you're, uh, when you look at Delta, Theta, Gamma, Beta brainwaves, and you understand that Delta, for example, uh, uh, when you have high stress uh, uh, within the autonomic nervous system and you produce, uh, you know, sugar, uh, that can be a really big uh, challenge. So lowering uh, the stress state uh, and uh, making sure that the brain is balanced and optimal, not, uh, not encouraging the liver to produce sugar is a, is a big deal. Wow. So let's, let's uh, work our way through that. So stress, higher stress levels cause your brain to produce higher sugar levels? Uh, absolutely. So we know, uh, we know that, um, and, and the study, there was a study published in uh, Nature Metabolism focused on the brain's response to nutrients uh, mm -hmm. in people with both uh, obesity, and you, I think you read it as well, compared to those without. Now, the right. study was interesting because it involved, it involved 60 people, 40 years old and, and uh, uh, four years old, so, uh, half that had been diagnosed with obesity and half without. And what researchers found is, is that th when they did functional MRI scans uh, to measure the brain's response, um, about 30 minutes after the, uh, uh, the different solutions of glucose, lipids, water infused uh, in the stomach of, of these participants, what they found that uh, is that the participants without obesity 
there was appropriate activation of rewards in, in the sensors in the brain uh, in response to those nutrients. But in contrast, the same areas of the brain and participants that, uh, you know, uh, with obesity did not show the same activation in the MRI scan. So even in cases where the, the obese lost 10% through, you know, driven weight loss and, uh, you know, uh, because with diet and response to, you know, to, to diet and control, mm -hmm. even after, even after three months, and this is key, even after three months, experts suggest that the lack of reward response in the brain could lead to overeating and more challenges with weight gain. So what we know is, is that, is that there, you know, there's a, there's a saying that, um, that this, that this, that the skill, you have to have skill with the pill. And what mm -hmm. we mean by that is that while, while drugs that, well, yeah, sure, while drugs out there can help manage the psychological response to food, uh, developing healthy habits, exercise routines, uh, stress management skills uh, are essential for long-term success and weight loss. Uh, and, and so we know that one of those tools uh, uh, in assisting a multifaceted approach uh, is, you know, is brain tap because we can, you know, lower stress, we can use the technology that's designed to really help uh, relax the brain, re reboot and revitalize by guiding the brain into various states of consciousness that are relaxed. Uh, it does this by using a combination of light and sound frequency. So when you remember that weight loss is not one dimensional, right? So, so it, it's mm -hmm. crucial to address both the psychological and the physical aspects of eating and exercise. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Now, how do you incorporate uh, the the light part of this? How would somebody incorporate that in, in, into their approach? So, what brain what BrainTap does is it's a comprehensive concept that includes an app and a headset. Um, the headset delivers uh, the light therapy both in the eyes and in the uh, in the ears, and then uh, it's uh, also connected to an app. And with using all five aspects of brain entrainment. Binary beats, isochronic tones, guided visualization, music, and light. So we know that that uh, the the two ways to provide energy to the brain is sleep and light. Uh, we're we're light beings, and so uh, we're able to through those five aspects balance the brain and calm down the autonomic nervous system so that it can be balanced. And so uh, back to what I said earlier about it being a comprehensive approach to weight loss, not just one dimensional. Um, we know that, you know, brain tap alone is not a weight loss tool, but it may support weight loss efforts by, you know, aiding stress management and promoting the kind of relaxation and mental clarity that support that behavior. Got it. That makes sense. All right, folks. Uh, again, interesting topic, and we're going to continue to, uh, tug on this thread here. Uh, we're on with Paul Magistri, uh, co-president at BrainTap, and we're going to come right back. Of course, your calls are welcome. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Paul Magistri is co-president at BrainTap, 
And there's all sorts of reports coming out lately that certain drugs that help with uh, weight loss and diabetes management like Ozempic and Manjaro are helping people uh, with, with other issues uh, because of how they work. I forget what kind of in, inhibitors they are, but they, they affect some part of your brain. And it's, it's just a fascinating concept. Uh, Paul Magistri, can you tell us a bit, a little bit more about this? Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's all the buzz, right? Uh, the exact mechanism of how uh, semaglutide, which is the active ingredient in the Zempic, um, uh, in terms of how it works on the brain to regulate appetite and body weight, is not really fully understood. However, we know that that it's a uh, a, uh, a, a glucagon like peptide, and they call it GLP-1. It's a receptor. Now, the GLP-1 receptor is a hormone in the body that's released in the intestine while you eat. Now, it helps regulate sugar levels, and it does this by stimulating the release of insulin, which allows blood sugar and and having the release of uh, glucagon, which uh, raises blood sugar. When sugar levels are high, additional GLP-1 is thought to decrease appetite and food intake, which is why it's used in weight management. Now, semaglutide mimics the function of GLP-1. When injected, uh, it, it binds to GLP-1 receptors and it enhances their activity. Now, in terms of appetite re- regulation and body weight, uh, it's believed that GLP-1 receptors in the brain, particularly in the areas known to regulate appetite, like uh, the hypothalamus, play a role uh, when uh, semaglutide activates these receptors, it's thought to help reduce appetite and total caloric intake. Now, what you need to understand is that researchers are still ongoing, um, you know, doing their research to understand more about these pathways and mechanisms involved in the brain and the brain's role uh, in effective uh, semaglutide uh, weight management. Now, more more recent uh information may be out there behind, uh, past my research in 2021, but I'll tell you this. The study published in Nature Metabolism focused on the brain's response to nutrients in uh, people with obesity. And I mentioned earlier, it was compared to people that were obese and the people who were not obese. And the, and, and the key here that, that the researchers point out is that while the, while the study supports the theory of weight loss, um, uh, it, it's certainly more complex than just willpower. Research is ca- uh, costing that important limitations to their findings because while uh, the drug Azimpic and other GLP-1 receptor uh, uh, products have demonstrated promising effects in this area of weight loss, um, we also know that um, that alone is not quite enough because it doesn't provide long-term habit-forming um, uh, uh, benefits. And so what we know that to, to truly be sustainable in weight management, there needs to be a more holistic approach, one that considers not just the pharmaceutical interventions, but also behavioral changes, stress management skills. Uh, and this is where, as I mentioned earlier, the skill, you know, skill with the pill comes in. And so I want to I want to leave you with this thought. You know, it's crucial to address both the physiological and the psychological aspects of eating and exercise. 
This includes acknowledging that the brain's role in appetite re regulation, the liver's role in glucose production, and the role of stress and habit in our daily behaviors. And this can't be done just with a, pro a product like that, but can be working alongside a drug um, uh, 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 like a Zimpic, um to have a balanced diet, balanced regulation of the physical activity uh, and, and overall system uh, to have a comprehensive approach to weight loss. Now, the article that I was reading cites a supplement called berberine. Uh, is this a natural um, type of Ozempic? At least that's how it's referenced in the article. Yeah, I, I I'm not I haven't used or are familiar with that product directly. I did read the same piece of information, and it seems to be uh, a a another approach to the same end. Uh, and again, we know that uh, that that the biggest key within weight loss uh, and the brain is making sure that the brain can help uh, you make the right decision. And the best way to do that is is to have a balanced brain. The best. The best pharmacy we'll ever have is in between our two ears. I think you could agree with that, right? Oh yeah. So if we if we can have a balanced brain, a slow a, a low stress uh, uh, autonomic nervous system, we won't be producing extra uh, uh, extra sugar through the liver. Our stress won't cause us to have uh, uh, a desire to have immediate gratification and just feel better, which often time people eat or consume. Uh, just to feel better uh, and to stimulate the brain in a positive way through sugar, caffeine, and other nutrients. So, um, uh, again, that, that's why we provide the solution of BrainTap to, to balance the brain, slow down the autonomic nervous system, uh, or get it more balanced and slow, and, and slow down the brain in general so it's not stressed, not producing that additional sugar, and is able to um, – uh, have a uh, uh, impact the metabolism in a positive way. Now, so the bottom line here is, I get what you're saying. This is one more spoke in the wheel, uh, but it's not the wheel it in and of itself. Now, you, uh, what no, you were saying I, before I, we're, about we're habit forming was that with respect to the drug working, um, and and if you discontinue it, everything doesn't work, or the or were you alluding to the fact that you can't take it for the long term? I was specifically speaking to the fact that you can't outthink a bad diet. Yeah. So you have to, you know, you, you, you use tools. You uh, certainly use tools like a Zimpic, uh, if, if, if that's the way you go with your physician to, to use that as a tool, but then you can't stop there. You do have to exercise. You do have to find a way to lower stress. You do have to find a way to entrain and balance the brain. And, and so that, and you that's where that brain tap comes in. Absolutely. And, and so tell us about how people can all, find out about BrainTap in the next 30 seconds before we, we uh, wrap up. Simplest is go to BrainTap.com, and uh, you'll, uh, you can actually receive a free trial there and uh, can uh, inquire uh, and read all about BrainTap and how we're helping people not only uh, in a balance of brain, but we're assisting, uh, as you've suggested, uh, in weight loss by uh, really helping balance the brain, lowering stress, and uh, affecting the metabolism that way as well. Now, if people want to follow you and the work that you guys at BrainTap are doing, what's the best way to follow you? Are you on social media or is it just the, the website? We are. We're kind of everywhere. You can just put in BrainTap. Whether that's uh, you know, uh, uh, just about anywhere you want to go. Just put in BrainTap and it's there. We're, we're just about everywhere. So our website's probably the best place, but you can certainly go 
uh, to uh, all the channels and put in BrainTap, and we, we are certainly there. All right, folks, check them out at BrainTap.com, BrainTap.com. Paul Magistri, thank you very much for the information. Uh, not always easy to understand, but it was an excellent explanation, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right, folks, more to come straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. I'm Valdez, and we're not done yet. With Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez. And uh, I'm excited to have this interview. We're going to talk about lessons from a common sense billionaire. How far do you want to go? And this is uh, an individual that knows a lot about media and energy and politics and just a lot of things. He's a, he's a really well-rounded guy with an amazing rags to riches story. And uh, it, it's an honor and a pleasure. Somebody I know personally because uh, we... Um, we had a business relationship. He was the owner of a radio station I worked at once. John Katsimatidis, welcome to the program, sir. Oh, Rich Valdez, always good to talk to you. We always had a good relationship, and uh, uh, I always enjoyed working with you. Likewise. And for, for the audience that doesn't know, I started my career at WABC, and it was Cumulus Media then. They sold it, and John Katsimatidis' company, Red Apple Media, purchased WABC, and um, it's it's been growing and they've added so much to it there's an amazing music lineup on the weekends and john katz before we get into everything or mr c as i like to call him i'd like to let the audience know a little bit about your story uh before we talk about the book but i know that's part of the book and i know you're born in greece but let's take everybody through that story because i think it's a real story a, a rags to riches american dream story uh of of an immigrant from greece go right ahead well, to keep it short, uh, my, uh, my grandfathers, my two grandfathers came to America in 1913, over 100 years ago. Uh, my uh, mother's father came from Constantinople, where my mother was born. Uh, that was part of the Ottoman Empire. At one time in Constantinople, there was three million uh, Greeks until uh, the, the uh, Ottoman Empire, uh, I guess, uh, threw them out. And uh, uh, my uh, uh, my mother, her and her father, uh, my grandfather, escaped uh, to the Greek islands uh, of uh, Nisidos, right next to Kos, K-O-S, uh, wow. along the Turkish coast. But then uh, those islands were part of Italy, and uh, my father was born there. And uh, uh, but it was part of Italy from 1904 or 1905 to 1947. And, um, you know, things were moving around. Uh, and um, my father worked for the Italian government, uh, watching a lighthouse for 17 years by himself on this lighthouse on this island uh, to earn a few uh, uh, Italian lira to, uh, to, re to, to take care of his three sisters and his mom. And after World War II, 
when the Italian government was on the wrong side, they were they were on the wrong side. They were doing they were with Hitler. So the Brits came in and they said, "You got to be punished." So they took all those islands along the Turkish coast that belonged to Italy and gave them back to Greece. My father lost his job with the Italian government, went back to his island of Nisidos and married my mom. And uh, my father was six months late to come to the United States. I was born six months, uh, I was six months old when I got here, so I could never run for president. So <laughs> what happens? All right, so now, folks, we're on with John Katz and Matidis. He's the author of the brand-new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common-Sense Billionaire. Now, John Katz and Matidis, I know that this was the story of your family coming from Greece and, and Mykonos and um, your dad working for the Italian government. But eventually you become a New Yorker, you're raised in Harlem, and then something you and me have in common, you went to NYU and didn't graduate. Tell us the story. Uh, we, we uh, you know, I... I went to Brooklyn Tech High School, and I still have a lot of Brooklyn Tech friends. And uh, uh, then I had, I had the choice. I had the congressional nomination for West Point, but I ended up going to NYU Uptown Campus. And uh, uh, I, I took ROTC, and, and don't forget, those are the days of the SDS, the Students for a Democratic Society. Wow. Wearing an ROTC uniform, I got a lot of pies throw at throw me. <laughs> And um, I worked for, uh, like, uh, I called him my big brother, Tony, uh, at the grocery store uh, just to earn a few dollars to put gas, uh, gasoline in my car. And, and uh, uh, I worked for him. I worked for him. And when, it, oh, when in my senior year, he says, you got to take over my, the store. I have partners with my uncle because if you don't take it over, I'm going to have family problems. I said, but I'm going to school. What am I going to do? No, you got to take it over. And since he was like a big brother to me, I never said no to Tony. Mm -hmm. So I took over, the, took over that store. I never had an argument with his uncle like he did. And uh, we made it a success. And uh, in my senior year, I was making like $1,000 a week, which I never thought I would make, which was a lot of money in 1969. Sure. So I, so I, I ended up being eight credits short. I used to look at those calculus equations <laughs> on, the, on, on, the, on the blackboard. Remember the old blackboards? Yeah. And I said, how am I going to make a living solving those calculus equations? So I was eight credits short. So I didn't graduate. I stayed in the food business. And uh, that was my first success. Uh, within three, four years, I had 10 stores making a million dollars a year. When a million dollars was really a million dollars. And, um, and, and that's what started off uh, a lot of the things. And I grew up in, um, in Harlem on 135th Street. And uh, my father worked for, uh, he didn't speak English well. So he worked as a busboy for Longchamp's Restaurant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, on Saturdays and Sundays, he, he, my father spoke fluent Italian. So on Saturdays and Sundays, he would go to Astoria where there was a lot of Italian restaurants, and he would work as a waiter there. So he worked seven days a week. So you make sure that the family had food on the table. Outstanding. Now, uh, we're going to continue our story uh, with uh, the story of John Katsimatidis as he's discussing his book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. 
because right now we're leaving off with making a million dollars a year, but there's more to the story, right? There's the, the, the getting involved in energy, becoming a billionaire, buying a radio station, running for mayor of New York City. There's a lot left in this story, and we're going to continue straight ahead with John Katz and Mitzitis. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Uh, by the way, your ratings are up. Congratulations. I had somebody. It's always nice to check. I like to see, even if they're friends, I like to see how are they doing? Are people listening, right? That's but right. You're, you're doing great. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Our guest is John Katsimatidis. He is the author of the new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. John Katsimatidis, we left off with uh, part of your story. You were a millionaire from the grocery store business. Uh, tell us about this next chapter of life where you get into energy and then eventually into media and politics. Well, I got into, I always, you know, to stay in the uh, supermarket business, I ended up buying a lot of real estate in uh, 1977 when the end of the world was coming to New York. And uh, uh, I didn't know any better. See, I see how what happens when you're stupid. Uh, I figured <laughs> if I buy if I buy real estate in New York, uh, that uh, uh, worst comes to worst, I put a supermarket in it and be able to pay the mortgage. And uh, uh, I bought about five million dollars worth of real estate using the supermarket's cash flow. Uh, and then I woke up one day. That $5 million I put into real estate in 1977 was worth $100 million by 1980, and that was my first $100 million. But we, we, we go into an interesting story. I, I, you know, I wanted always to fly jets, and I ended up buying uh, a jet in 1977, 78, and, uh, uh, and I had to go into business because I figured it was very expensive running a jet. I bought Roy Disney's jet. Uh, and Atlantic City opened at that time, and they used to take all their customers to Atlantic City by limousine. So I talked them into, well, if I can bring them in from a 700-mile radius, 800-mile radius by jet, then you pay me X, the customers will lose Y, and you guys make the money in between. And we ended up uh, uh, building that company up to 48 company jets that we that I used to fly almost all of them, uh, and that was a great experience. Wow. And that company ended up becoming NetJets. And uh, oh, cool. uh, th if you ask me what I had the most fun of, uh, flying those jet airplanes was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it tremendously. And people knew I loved jets. I ended up buying an airline in 1983, and I lived in uh, Smyrna, Tennessee, in Nashville, where the headquarters of Capital Airlines was uh, for a year, year and a half. And uh, what happens? It's, uh, it was a great experience at the age of 32, 33. I was running a worldwide airline uh, all over the country and all over the world. Uh, and uh, that was a great experience. And uh, when People's Express entered our markets, what happens? We, uh, we uh, sell the airline. The guy we sell it to files a bankruptcy. We go to uh, the bankruptcy court to, to get our airplanes back, at least, because we took collateral on the airplanes. 
what happens? I end up buying an oil company. So it, uh-huh. it, it has a lot, a lot of experience uh, on that. Uh, but the interesting thing is uh, I always I love to fix things. I love to buy broken companies. I love to fix them. And uh, if you look at the, in my book, by the way, my book has been on the bestsellers list. And you know who's buying a lot of these books? Oh. Grandfathers, grandmothers, uh, and, and giving it to their grandkids and, and mothers and fathers, hoping that their grandkids will get a little bit of experience and say, well, you have a chance and you can make it too. Now, I come to America my father never made more than $100 a week. Wow. And on, only in America, land of opportunity. Now, I got a little tidbit for you. My father worked for Long Tramps restaurants. Well, mm-hmm. when I made a few dollars and I moved to the east side and I w- went into a condo on, on, on the east side, whose condo did I get into? That my Oops. father's old boss, Long get Tramps out. restaurants. Jan Mitchell, and he owned 30 Long Champs restaurants and 10 Luchow's restaurants. The son of a busboy is buying the condo of his, his father's boss. That's, that's interesting. Then, Full circle. Then, uh, that's the same building President Nixon was rejected in, and he wasn't allowed to move in. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter marries President Nixon's grandson. And he moves into the building. Wow. So uh, those are two interesting tidbits, uh, but only in America. And right now right. I, work, uh, I work seven days a week, like you know I do. And, and, sure. Uh, I, I, and what we want is to make sure America stays free. And the, 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 the everybody, all the immigrants that do come in, that it's the land of opportunity. And right now, I think America is under attack, uh, Rich, uh, yeah. in many, many directions. Our borders are under attack. Our, the, the, the Chinese gangs are feeding fentanyl into our borders through, mm-hmm. the, through the Mexicans. 107,000 uh, Americans have died the last 12 months, more than all the, the war in Vietnam, the war in Afghanistan, and the war in Korea. More people have died in 12 months than all those Americans in all those wars. So something, remember we used to say something's rotten in Denmark? Mm-hmm. Something is rotten, something's rotten in Washington. Uh, and, and look, we, we all work hard because we want our kids and grandkids to come to have the land of opportunity. And I think we're under attack, and not everybody realizes that we're under attack. What, what say you, Rich? Well, I'll tell you, Mr. C, I agree with you. I mean, that's part of the reason why I do what we do over here is make sure we talk about the issues of the day. And I love for guests like you to come on board and tell people uh, a little bit of, you know, how you navigate the crazy because it is crazy. And uh, I want to encourage everybody, get a copy of the book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. John Katzmatidis is the author. He's our guest. He's with us for one more segment. We're coming right back. Don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-4-VALDEZ. 
833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDES. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, and I'm here with John Katsimatidis. He's the author of the book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. You can check that out wherever you get your books, and I recommend getting two copies, a copy for yourself and a copy to give away to somebody as a, um, you know, as a gift because I think it can really impact their lives. Now, John Katz, um, there's, there's so much to talk about but so little time. I want to make sure that... Everybody um, knows your, your full story. And, and again, the way we met was I worked at WABC Radio in New York City, uh, one of the most legendary stations in, in, the, in the country, in the world. And it, they were selling it. The Cumulus Media was selling WABC. And John Katz bought the company and, and, it, and moved it to the east side. And lots of changes happened. And, and here we are with WABC still going, still rocking, with a new book coming out. And if you guys ever want to listen to the program, you've got Cats and Crosby. That's on every day at 5 o'clock. And, of course, you can get copies of the book at WABCradio.com. Now, John Katz, in the time that we have remaining, we were, you alluded to the, the state of affairs in America, and you said we have a problem in Washington, and I agree. Uh, if you had a magic wand and you could become president overnight, what's the first thing you do to fix the problems in Washington? Well, you first of all, you're going to bring common sense back to Washington. Uh, you've got to seal our borders. Uh, you've got to make sure Americans are not getting killed by the fentanyl coming over our borders. You gotta, I would double or triple the size of the FBI, make sure I clean up the management uh, on the top, uh, because there's, there's a problem between the Department of Justice uh, with political appointees and the FBI. And I don't know where the problem is, but there's a problem there. Because 99.9% of FBI is honest, hardworking individuals. And on my show, I've urged uh, all the FBI people at a, a very high level to stand up and say, if XYZ is wrong, have the courage to stand up and say, XYZ is wrong. Because Americans have to have uh, the courage to do that, that the FBI higher up people have to have the courage to stand up to make sure that people trust the Department of Justice, people trust the FBI, because we can't be a third world country. And, and that, I think that's very important. Uh, I think we got to uh, the, uh, the amount of money that the uh, Chinese are putting into our universities, trying to point them at directions. I believe, look, I went to a university, you went, and a lot of our friends went. The universities are supposed to teach both sides mm-hmm. and let, let the students make up their mind what, uh, what they want to do. But they got to learn what the truth is. And, and uh, right now, it's so one-sided that I'm not sure they are getting the truth. And, you know, uh, Mr. C, I, I, that, I think that's the yes. problem. There's a battle for the truth. I, I, people are, are debating what truth e- even is. People are debating, you know, if, if there's no truth, there's no faith. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is such a huge problem that we have. And, and I, I've never seen this problem, you know, but for growing up and, and seeing it recently. But 
Uh, it, to me, it's, it's the biggest problem that we face. In the time that we have remaining, and it's seconds to go, let everybody know how they could follow you and pick up a copy of the book and see what you're up to. Uh, you can buy the book on Amazon.com or BarnesandNobles.com uh, or uh, an autographed copy from WABCRadio.com uh, in, their in their store. And I think even CatsRoundTable.com. And I'm on with uh, Rita Cosby every day between 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock, uh, 770 in New York, and WABCRadio.com worldwide. And on your iPhone. At That's right. Catch the Cats Roundtable. Catch Cats and Cosby every day, 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. They're on right before the great one, Mark Levin. Mr. C, I want to thank you for being here. You're a patriot. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Rich, and I enjoy talking to you. Likewise. Take care. More to come straight ahead. It's Rich Valdez, America at Night. We're coming right back. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Your liberty-loving Latino amigo, happy to be here with you. Friday night, hour number three, Open Phone America. As you guys know, Open Phone America is a long-time tradition, dating back to 1978. You know what else goes back to 1978? Me. That was the year I was born. But Larry King started Open Phone America. Jim Bohannon continued Open Phone America. And by golly, I am going to do the same. So you're welcome to join the conversation, 833-482-5337, or you can always call the Legacy Line, 866-505-4626. And I want to discuss the student loan stuff with you. I want to discuss uh, weight loss and the changes in the brain, if you want to get into that one. And uh, uh, we just heard an amazing story of rags to riches. And... I also want to go back to uh, what Biden said today, because Biden, he, um, he's out of sorts today. Two days in a row, he's lost at the Supreme Court. And plus, he got beat up about Afghanistan. But we'll get into that one a little bit later. Right now, I want to reiterate how angry he was when a reporter asked him, um, you know, how he feels about giving false hope to students about debt relief, knowing that the Supreme Court was never going to go along with this, knowing that he didn't have the unilateral authority to just say, hey, I'm going to forgive all your debt. He's the president, not not the banker. Anyway, uh, listen to Joe Biden. Mr. President, why did you give millions of borrowers false hope? You've dated, doubted your own authority here in the past. I didn't give any false hope. The question was whether or not if I would do even more than was requested. What I did, I thought was appropriate and was able to be done and would get done. I didn't give Boris false hope, but the Republicans snatched away the hope that it was, they were given. And it's real, real hope. Thank Mr. you. Mr. President, will you cancel? Sir, 
Mr. President, it was not the Republicans that snatched it away. It was the federal judiciary, the highest court in the land. What are you talking about, Joe El Baboso Biden? This is the stuff that bothers me. When he, uh, We're lucky that he didn't say it was the MAGA Republicans or MAGA extremists because it's a lie. And, and it's amazing to me that there's not a follow-up. And yes, they were yelling, but I doubt they were going to say. Now, you realize, sir, it's not Republicans that did this. It's the courts saying that you didn't have the authority. And I would love to see where he goes on a follow-up like that. But no, we don't get that from the media. We don't get that from Biden. He just wants to keep singing the same old song. And he goes on. Come on. Listen to this. The hypocrisy is stunning. You can't help a family making 75 grand a year, but you can help a millionaire and you have your debt forgiven. My plan would not only have life been life-changing for millions of Americans, it would have been good for the American economy. Freeing millions of Americans from the crushing burden of student debt, more homes would have been bought, more businesses would have been started, more couples would have had the confidence to start a family. Oh, my gosh. If we use that logic, uh, can you pay everybody's mortgage off? Because if you pay off everybody's mortgage on their first home, guess what? They're going to buy a second home. That's right. We're getting that condo in Miami. We're getting that house down the shore. We're getting that vacation home. We're buying that RV and doing that cross-country trip. Because you know what? There's more investment. That's right. I'm going to buy an RV if you pay off the mortgage. Or if you pay off. Uh, Joe Biden's logic is so flawed. It's so crazy. It's so silly. I, I mean, you know... They love to whisper and yell at the same time. You know, nobody's above the law. But yet he comes up with these lofty decisions, spending other people's money as if it's his own and making it look like if the government gets into debt more and more, that's somehow good for the economy. I mean, this man is not well. He's really not well. And I don't want to sit here and beat up Joe Biden. I just that's a matter of uh, happenstance for me. I beat him up because he deserves to be beat up. But really, I mean, how do you say these things? You're president, sir. This is why he's got a 34% approval rating. That means 66% don't like what he's doing with the economy. No bueno. Now, that wasn't it. He, he went on, and I'm going to dig in. We're doing a deep dive here because you know what? Joe Biden is not going to get a pass from me, from this program, or for any of, from any of you, the listeners, because we're not just going to give you a little soundbite. We're going to give you everything, as much of it as I can, so that you can hear it and hear how silly it, it was from, from the beginning when he said that he didn't give false hope. Oh, yes, you did. And now you want to blame the Republicans for their paycheck uh, protection programs during the pandemic. When, again, it was the government that made people stop working. Nobody made anybody go to college and take a loan. Please wake up, sir. Stop lying. Anyway, now he goes on. And let's see where we are here. We're going to go to number six. President Biden says that what he's been doing has been fighting for student debt so far. Listen to this. First, we made the largest increase in Pell Grants in over a decade, helping students from families who nearly all make less than $60,000 a year. Then we fixed the so-called, with the help of the department, public service loan forgiveness program. So the borrowers who got into public service, such as school teachers, police officers, social workers, service members, uh, you know, they, they actually got the debt relief they were entitled to under the law. Before I came to office, only 7,000 people had benefited from that program. Today, over 600,000 borrowers have received relief from that program. 
and it's still available. So many people more, so many more people can be helped. And I encourage you to apply if you haven't already. You're still eligible. Go to studentaid.gov. It matters. Third, my administration improved the program from the Obama-Biden administration on income-driven repayment plan. That's what it was referred to as. Back then, we set a limit. Student borrowers would pay no more than 10% of their disposable income to pay back their debt in any one time. My administration is going to reduce that to 5%. Now, listen, I worked in public service, and I do have student loans, and I didn't get any public service loan forgiveness. So what I'm going to do is an experiment on this program. I'm going to go to studentaid.gov, and I'm going to see if they forgive the tens of thousands of dollars that I have in student loans. And I'm, I'm going to let you know. And if Biden gives me a pass, then I'm going to thank everybody in this audience and all of your friends and all of your neighbors and all of your cousins and all of your aunts and uncles for paying my student loans off because I decided to take a job working in the state of New Jersey. And I guess apparently that qualifies me for public service loan forgiveness. Now, the issue that I have with this is that this is, in effect, training people to become a part of the Democrat Party. Now, it has, if you're listening and you're saying, come on, Rich, you're being intellectually dishonest. I'm not. I'm not. Um, does that mean that Republicans can't get it? Well, I'm going to be the test, and I'm going to see if it, ha- if it happens or not. And does it mean that you have to be? No, you don't. But when you look at the overwhelming majority of people that work in government, that work in nonprofits, NGOs, these are not conservatives. They're just not. So by and large, by, by a matter of fact, of the, if you look at who makes up the workforce in these industries, these are not conservatives. They are Democrats. Now, does that mean that we should do away with the public service loan forgiveness? I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think it's been around for a long time. Uh, I'm just saying it seems to me like a way to um, almost, you know, build up the government from the inside saying, no, no, just go to college. Don't worry. As long as you come here, you won't have to pay. And it's like a, a, a worked-in benefit. Again, uh, some see it as a benefit. I see it as maybe not the fairest way to do things, uh, knowing that you're excluding a lot of people. But, again, conservatives have a choice if they want to work in government, and I think they should because you let your light shine. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, let me know your thoughts on this. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. He's bald, and he's breaking it down. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Monthly payments will be due. Bills will not go out, and interest will be accruing. And during this period, if you can pay your monthly bills, you should. 
But if you cannot, if you miss payments, this on-ramp will temporarily remove the threat of default or having your credit harm, which can hurt borrowers for years to come. Also, Biden is absolutely full of it. I would say um, I'm going to go on a limb here and say he's a pendejo. Now, everybody knows if you take a loan, you got to pay it back. Um, he tries to paint a, a nice picture here. And again, he's appealing to a certain group of people that are, are, are solely trying to make their life better and get involved in, in a debt that they feel that they can pay off. But when they realize that they've gotten a degree that cost them X amount and they're only making X amount, they're realizing, man, it would be nice if we had a better economy where we could make more money and we had less inflation so we could keep more money and buy more stuff with the dollars we have. But that's not happening, right? It just isn't happening. That's what it is. Anyway, I want to go to your calls. Let's go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, KDKA, and check in with Carolyn. Carolyn, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. How are you? I Wonderful. want to talk about the Provolone. That's the uh, pineapple food at the core of the pineapple food. It's supposed to be very nutritious for you. And I am also blind, and my lungs were forgiven. And there is public service grants. I don't know how what you have to work in. And there's also a um, book that has uh, grants and scholarships. Yeah, well, I already did that stuff. I mean, I'm just wondering how to get that public service loan forgiveness. And I'm going to go check it out. He said to go to studentaid.gov. And I'm definitely going to do that. Thanks for the tip on the pineapple, which I happen to love, Carolyn. Thank you so much, and have a great weekend. Happy 4th of July, America. I'm coming right now to, let's see, where do we go here? Uh, we've got Albany. We've got Cleveland. We've got North Carolina. Wow, there's a lot going on here. All right, let's go to um, Matt. He's near Moorhead City, North Carolina, WTKF. Matt, go right ahead. Yes, sir. Anyone else north of there in a straight line? How you doing tonight, Rich? Wonderful, brother. How are you? Good. Uh, I want to point out a couple things real quick. I told you a cold cleaner. Um, it seems like the Democrats put a little bit of their nonsense this week, doesn't it? Well, I think Democrats are, are, are whining and crying and tucking their tail between their legs because they lost twice at the Supreme Court. And uh, it's amazing how we, we can't have reverse racism in college admissions anymore. And now we can't give away money for free through student loans, uh, a new type of redistribution of wealth. So, yeah, I think they're very upset. Well, let you take over. You're the expert. I'm just throwing it out there for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell me, what was your take on the Democrats this week? I loved everything they lost and everything us Republicans won. I also have a Trump flag coming my way. I don't have to even pay for. You know, I, I, I spent a couple of minutes with Donald Trump last night at his um, golf club in Bedminster. And I got to tell you, he's lost some weight. He's looking trim. Uh, he, he, he's looking younger than he used to look. He's really gearing up for this race. And I tell you, um, I, I think he's, uh, he's, he's going to go the long haul here. And he's doing great with the poll numbers. Now, what's interesting is, Another one that looks great, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This guy, um, I don't know if you saw that video where he took his shirt off and he started doing push-ups. He's in excellent shape. I was like, man, uh, I need to get in shape like that guy. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup. We've got to see if maybe Biden will take off his jacket and throw himself on the ground and do a few push-ups. Who, who do you put your money on? Uh, is it RFK, um, Biden, uh, Trump? Who do you like? 
Trump, I love. Can I say one more thing? I have thousands of personal friends and millions on the radio that all support Trump. I'll tell you that right now. Talk to Trump again. I'm 100% for him. All right. There you go. Matt near Moorhead City, North Carolina, WDKF, WTKF. Big shout out to everybody in that part of the, of the uh, world here in America as we continue our journey across the country. Let's keep going. Let's see. Where do we go? Let's go to Sandra, Dothan, Alabama, WDBT. Sandra, you're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, I was telling you, Screener, that I'm totally against this, our government, which is us, it's our money, paying people's college debt. I know people that have worked their way through school. I have neighbors that have taken on a second job that put their kids through school. Why do these people, uh, if they've got all this intelligence, why do they think that they're entitled to get their college paid for? If I was a parent, I'm not a parent, but if I was a parent and I had worked extra hours or an extra job to put my kid through school, I'd get some other parents together and I'd have a class action lawsuit against the uh, president. Yeah, and, and I think that's the right way to look at it, right? I, I can't... Um... I don't know that people are asking, hey, pay my loans, pay my loans. I don't see any. There's no groundswell of people asking for this debt forgiveness. Uh, This is literally Biden and the Democrats coming up with a scheme to try to entice people. You know, people say, look, you know, what are the biggest expenses that you have in life? And they've always been the same, right? They haven't changed. You're going to incur some debt to buy a home, to go to college, and to buy your first car or third car, 10th car, but at some point you're going to take a loan to buy a car. Most people, those are those big investments that they make, or I should say big expenses. And it's, uh, it's fascinating to me that everybody, nobody, nobody says, oh, look, I bought a house and uh, you, you need to pay it off. Nobody does that. Nobody does that with their car. But yet, and nobody's doing it with college either. It's just a handful of people trying to sell this as if it's a real thing where people are looking for that and, I, I reiterate, there's no groundswell of support of people making requests saying, look, we, we have to do this. Uh, it, it, the whole thing is astroturf politics. It's ridiculous, in my opinion, Sandra. Well, well, and the other thing is this, is that a lot of these monies that they did get loans for, that wasn't strictly used for college either. Right, and you have that ability, right? And when you go to college, they say, you know, you get, this is for books, expenses, this and that. Some people buy cars. They do whatever. And you're right. I mean, especially back in the days. Back in the days, you had, you know, if you got X amount, you'd be able to, to maybe finagle. Now, with the high cost of college tuition and housing, it's very likely that you're spending most of your money, um, you know, on actual college expenses. But you, you raise a good point, and I agree. We shouldn't be paying off people's debt and... And I don't think people are asking for it. Anyway, we're going to continue with your call straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. I am Rich Valdez. It's America at night. And we got more calls coming in. We've got, let's see here, Missouri, Michigan, Ohio, New York. Lots of calls. Happy to speak with you. Open phone America. You can call on any topic, what we're talking about or anything else. This is your chance to be heard. It's Open Phone America. I am Rich Valdez, and we're coming right back. 833-4-VALDEZ. 833-4-VALDEZ.
care, no care, and live on the air, it's Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, I am that Rich Valdez, and I got to tell you, I am so much taller in the radio, on the radio, than I am in real life. Just letting you know that. Uh, I met some people yesterday, and I felt like that was how, you know, and they were looking at me like, oh, hi, Rich. And I, I, the face they made, it was kind of like, you're so much taller on the air. <laughs> anyway, uh, listen to this. This is an interesting story. Pull up a chair. I'm still keeping you company till 1 a.m. Eastern, so we still have a little bit of time. But Hunter Biden has settled his child support case in Arkansas. And he's going to give his daughter multiple paintings. Now, I know people, including myself, that have uh, had to pay child support post-divorce and whatnot. And I can tell you that giving a few paintings was never, ever, 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 ever an option. Hunter Biden settled a child support case in Arkansas on Thursday with London Roberts, the mother of one of his daughters, according to the filing in Arkansas State Court. Biden was ordered in 2020 to pay child support, although he sought to lower the payments. The child support amount was redacted from Thursday's agreement. So I don't know if he paid less, he paid more. I do know that he is going to be paying with paintings. And that is insane to me. I don't know. What do you guys say about that? Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Bill. Jefferson City, Missouri, KTTR. Go right ahead. Yes, sir. Hunter Biden was on my mind today. I bought a book the other or I got a book at the library. And it got me to thinking about the Supreme Court today. Biden, Hunter Biden, his father, the press right. secretary and the secretary of defense on these Supreme Court decisions today, which they talked uh, quite a bit about. So uh, I have a song for them uh, from the 80s uh, from a Melbourne, Australia singing group called the Little River Band, who have become uh, really successful Americans. And uh, one of them lives down near the lake of the, the original ones lives down near the lake of the Ozarks, which is going to be quite popular this uh holiday weekend. Sure. So the song is The Lonesome Loser. And I think you could say that in the plural sense. So what <laughs> do you think of that, Rich? I think it's fantastic. Uh, I think it's fantastic. You are always our uh, unofficial resident historian here at America at Night with Rich Valdez. And uh, I, I love it when you call in with these tidbits of information. And this one was very funny. Yeah, the real loser here, and I don't mean it as an insult, I mean it as um, a matter of fact, is the little girl. Right. The little girl is losing out. She's losing out on her dad uh, who argued that he, she can't have his last name because she would face the political fallout of being a Biden. So the, the ultimate, um, you know, he agrees to paternity. Sure, she's my kid. No, she can't have my name. No, I won't give you any cash. But yes, I will give you some paintings. Unbelievable. Bill, I don't know how they reconcile this. I don't know either. Thank you. All right, Bill. Excellent song choice. Definitely Joe Biden is a loser and he has a son that's also a loser. And, and I say that with all with all sincerity and respect. Uh, OK, let me continue. Uh, let's go to Steve. 
Cleveland, Ohio, WNIR. Go right ahead. Easy listen another night. How are you, Rich? Wonderful, brother. Happy Independence Day to you. Um, there's so many different ways I can go. I'm going to see if I can compact it all, but Rush Limbaugh always said that talent on loan from God, and so uh, Rush Amen. gave up his talent, and um, then the world falls apart. So uh, our Cleveland Indians is uh, now the Cleveland Guardians, and they say, <laughs> well, we're going to get about six, 8,000 names. We'll get about all the people here. We'll figure it out, and blah, 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 and they get it all the way down to six names. And, well, they picked them, their, you know, their own name. And that's when we got the All-Star game, so that's when they made you know deal with the MLB. And I've talked to people in Texas and Arizona. and it, it, Worrying about stupid names and the things falling apart and Biden's out there. So you got Loser Senior and Loser Junior. So Uncle Joe, if anybody remembers Petticoat Junction. But Rush used to have a little thing he said, Mega Dittos. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you have this one, Mega Magas. <laughs> Well put, brother. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. And always a big plug for El Rushbo, a legend in this game. Steve, have a great weekend, my man. And uh, let me see. Where do we go here? Where do we go here? Let's see. Patty, Ventura, California, KVTA, the wonderful KVTA. Patty, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Thank you. We're so lucky to have KVTA. Amen. We're on the right side of the radio. Um, <laughs> I am completely disgusted that Biden, King Biden, might we add, thinks that he can forgive student loan debt. I have nieces and nephews who work their butts off to, to pay back their loans. I know people who use their student loans to buy cars, not pay off their tuition. And, you know, okay, if you want to do that, can we stop giving money to other countries, maybe, and help our mm -hmm. homeless? You know, I, I, it's just absolutely absurd. Third, and King Biden needs to go. Excellent point, Patty. Away. And, you know, we had a guest uh, this week, I think it was this week, who was saying that, you know, this, this whole problem that we have with homelessness in America is really a misdiagnosed mental health uh, problem. So we're trying to fix it by looking at it the wrong way, trying to create more housing as if it's a housing shortage. And it's not, uh, according to the argument he was making, was that it's not a housing shortage per se. It's really a mental health services and treatment shortage. So you have more of these people that are either drug addicted or schizophrenic or some other mental health challenge that is is causing this problem to uh, continue and abound. And, and I thought, you know, interesting case that he was making. And, and here we are with homelessness as a problem, theft and crime, shoplifting in so many big cities across the country. And you're right. All we can do is think about how much we can spend on foreign aid while we're watching everything in our own backyard fall apart. It's a sad day in America. Right, Patty? Exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. And it is a mental health issue. Brain damage, addiction. You know, it is. I have a person living right here next door to me, practically. His mother can't. She's got a restraining order against him because he's combative. He's got brain damage. He's homeless. She had to get him, kick him out of the house. So what's he doing? <laughs> God, it's very sad. Right, you and now he's on the street instead of in a mental hospital. Right, I'm sick to death of us giving. Uh, I have generations of my family. We just sold the family farm. We're paying capital gains tax for what? Ukraine? 
Excuse right. me, could we protect our own border first? That would be nice, wouldn't it? And 100%. The, veter- uh, the veterans, the homeless, it's, it's absolutely absurd. King Biden needs to go. I agree with that, Patty. A very happy Independence Day to you. And we have a, a special uh, coming up on Monday and Tuesday for Independence Day weekend and to kick off that week. So thank you, Patty, for your call. And uh, we're going to continue with your call straight ahead, 833-4-VALDEZ, 833-482-5337. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. who again will do a fine job, but I know you'll enjoy listening to it. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, and uh, we're taking your calls. Open phone, America. Lots on the table. Let's go to Linda, Albany, New York, WGDJ. Go right ahead, Linda. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Rich, and thank you for all you're doing to try to get the truth out there on stuff. Um, You're welcome. Thank I was you. very glad. I was very glad the Supreme Court made those decisions. The Christian Junior College that I went to, you had to agree. Uh, they were trying to keep the tuition down. So literally, for a month, you'd be waitressing on tables between classes, and then the next month, maybe you'd be uh, dusting the library shelves or something else. So. They were able, with the students, to be um, doing jobs to keep the place going. And so I was very glad when the Supreme Court um, made that mm-hmm. decision. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting how things have changed, where people once made a commitment to doing things. Uh, now it's not so much the same. But I believe whenever the government uh, will come in, I mean, again, you know, we all try to follow the rules. And if people who... Are, are believed to be the, the rule makers or at least the rule enforcers. They start telling you, Hey, do this or do that. Um, you're, you're going to follow that lead. You know, just like Biden told me to go to studentaid.gov for my public service loan forgiveness. So let's see if uh, working in state government is going to get me a discount on my student loan payments. I have a feeling it's not, but let's see what happens. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they go, Oh, you, you worked in the, uh, administration of a Republican governor. Okay, no, it doesn't uh, doesn't apply to you, sir. Thank you for your application. Take care. Who knows what's going to happen, right? But but I, I agree. People um, should, should uh, realize that they have to pay the loan that they took. And, and mainly, when I say people, it should be Joe Biden that realizes that. And the fact that he allows um, and promotes the idea that you can just, you know, borrow money that you don't have to pay back and let everybody else pay it back for you, I think is... Uh, totally wrong. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, you're welcome, Linda. Have a great uh, 4th of July weekend celebrating America's birthday and independence. Uh, let us continue here. Where do we go here? Mm-hmm. Jeff Lansing, Michigan. W-I-L-S. Go right ahead. 
Hello, Rich. Happy Independence Weekend. And that's yes, uh, Rich Valdez with an S, by the way, if I'm not that mistaken. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just, uh, about three or four news breaks ago, as the propaganda or the, the excrement hits the fan, so to speak, mm. um, news, uh, news break, uh, it was a Fox News commentator or, or a, a news person uh, uh, stated that uh, as, as far as the Supreme Court knocking down the ruling that a bus- business owner has to provide goods or services to a same-sex marriage, um, and the way that this uh, broadcast was put out there is that the Supreme Court had just legalized discrimination. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, and this is the way they're going to paint it, right? And, and in fact, they're just saying that you have the right to have your own religious liberty because that's what the case was about is a religious liberty case, uh, not a, um, a case of discrimination per se. But, uh, yeah, fascinating the way they'll do it. And, you know, this, this I got into a, a more heated than usual debate with the, the Cuban guy that makes my coffee in the morning, uh, who's a real friend of mine, and we've become very good friends. But we, we were arguing, and our argument was over truth. And, and, and that was really what it hinged upon was he was saying there is no such thing as truth. It's whatever, you know, you make it out to be. And I thought, listen, we can debate rhetoric and, and spin all day long, but there are truths. The, the sky is above us. The floor is beneath us. I mean, there are certain things we, they're incontrovertible. And, and he disagreed with me. He just kept saying, no, it's what I want it to be. What if I don't? What if I'm colorblind? What if I have this? What if I, you know, again, he likes to argue. But my point is, and to your point as well, that the, the when they try to make this as legitimizing, no, if you say, look, I, I am a Christian and I am in the business of designing websites, but I can't design websites that are contrary to my faith, that is you exercising your religious liberty. That's not the legalization of discrimination, but that's how they're going to paint it. Thankfully, the court ruled otherwise. Yes, and I, I don't know if you remember, but when I was growing up as a kid, I'm a little bit younger, uh, older than you, uh, there used to be signs on uh, business doors that said, we refuse the right to... Uh, yeah, no shirt, no shoes, no service, right? For any reason. Yeah, that, and and that, and you're right. I, I've still seen those, and they enforce those, like Seaside Heights, New Jersey, and so after they filmed the Jersey Shore down there, the MTV show. Uh, there's a lot of places down there that just don't want certain types of people. Matter of fact, another New Jersey story for you. Interesting. I think if you're older um, or younger than 15 years old. There's a curfew in the mall in Paramus, New Jersey. It's called Garden State Plaza. And they don't allow you to be in that mall past whatever time, 5 o'clock, 8 o'clock, whatever it is, without parental supervision. Like if you're not walking next to your parent, the police actually kick you out of the mall or they'll check your ID to make sure you're 18 or older. Um, so that's the, the modern-day version of we re- reserve the right to refuse service to anybody that we uh, feel doesn't, you know, work for us. Uh, excellent point. I appreciate that. Jeff in Lansing, Michigan. Big shout out to everybody in WILS land. Uh, more to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez.
This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, let's see. Where do we go from here? Um, Gary, Racine, Wisconsin, listening to Rich Valdez, America at Light at night.com. Go right ahead, Gary. Oh, my God. I got on air. I've been listening yeah. to you for ever since Mr. Bohannon left and, and then with Mr. Bohannon for several years before that. Rich, you're doing a fantastic, wonderful job. I oh, really appreciate your contribution to uh, not only con- conservative, but just increasing the general knowledge of the audience of this country and the awareness of how we're getting stomped down by people that are trying to put agendas that uh, it's, you know, uh, tyranny messing with our kids. I I heard you uh, the other night uh, about the thing with, yeah, we're coming after with our, or coming after your kids. Oh yeah. And my God, I, you know, that's, I've got, did your blood boil and a granddaughter and, and two sons and please, Oh my God, don't come after my kids. Oh my God. And I'm sorry if, uh, cause unfortunately I haven't been able to listen to your show tonight. I've, my brother's going through uh, cancer and, Oh, you know what? Let me just share with you. My brother went through cancer, um, recently, very recently, like five weeks ago. And he went through it for about six months. And I, I got to tell you, um, I thought he was going to die. And and he looked like a dead man walking. My, my brother was almost 300 pounds, muscular, strong, very tough dude, a lot like my dad. And he went to being a, a shell of himself. And I'd ne- I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. And, and I, it broke my heart to look at him. And it was so tough. So I know what you're going through, and I, I wish you Godspeed. Mr. Valdez, I, I, yeah, I, thank you for that. And I will one more time, and I'll let you get on to the next caller. You're doing a wonderful job, and I hope they give you a good contract extension and a really nice pay raise. And when I get back out there to New York, maybe we can meet for a Cuban coffee. I, I'd love that. I actually want to do a whole listener event here in New York because a lot of people seem to be looking to do that. Uh, Gary, thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. I'll keep your brother and your family in my prayers because uh, I know that's a tough time for everybody, not just your brother. And uh, and that's it. That's wrapping this one up, folks. Uh, Jane and Frank and Robert, I appreciate you guys. They're cutting me off. The music's about to kick in. But I want to wish you guys a happy Independence Day weekend. Happy birthday, America. Make sure you're tuned in. We've got a a best of show on Monday and Tuesday back with uh, with the live show on Wednesday. I think you're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. Enjoy your time with your friends and your family celebrating America. I think it's 248 this year. That's amazing. Anyway, hopefully I'll have my voice back by then. Take care. Good night. And God bless. I am Rich Valdez. This is America at Night. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, we'll do it again soon. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.